don't knock it till you tried it. Right? Don't knock it till you tried it. Oh, well, you know, I mean, it's, it's easy for us to judge what other people do, isn't it? And what other people try to do, you know? And, and sometimes it's really hard, especially in a group setting, to find yourself uh, able to stand back and let someone else make their mistakes. You know what I mean? So letting somebody else um, fail forward and and uh, try something different, try something new, right? So in trying something new and not knocking it until you tried it. Sorry, I'm just doing a little measure in here. Some kind of off task. Okay, there we go. Um, I'm putting tile up in the bathroom today, by the way, and it's totally awesome. It's going to be great. Uh, I, you know what? The kind of tile that we've been putting up has been subway tile. And you know what? I've tried that, and I'm going to knock it because uh, putting up subway tile sucks because you put up a zillion tile, it takes forever, and then when you grout it, you have to cover the whole shit and works with grout and it totally sucks, you know, because you're grouting 18 zillion little cracks in between your tiles. You know, your 16th inch or an 8th inch spacers, whatever you decide to use as a spacer, that is what you are doing. You are, you are grouting that shut. And if any of you have ever grouted tile, Maybe some of you are freaking master tile smiths or whatever the fuck you're called. Um, congratulations, you have more patience than I do. And you're totally awesome. Uh, me, I'm not totally awesome. And uh, so we went down to the Maynards, which is our kind of local home center type deal. Menards. And uh, yeah, we, we got this huge freaking tile that we're putting on. I mean, like, one foot by two feet. <laughs> because I hate grouting so much. <laughs> so we're grabbing the world's biggest tile with the least amount of grout. <laughs> so, you know, there's ways around things. There's ways, you know, I'm still tiling the bathroom. We're still getting a shower. But uh, not, as much, not as much pain in the ass work, right? And that's okay. It's okay sometimes to give yourself a break and uh, not have to do everything the hard way. Because let's be honest, who wants to do everything the hard way? I mean, I, I sometimes, trust me, hey, preaching to the choir here, uh, I, I tend to do things the hard way just to see what it's like a lot of times and tend to bite off more than I can chew or... You know, we've definitely set unrealistic goals. I, I mean, I'm doing it less as I get older, but uh, still, you know, I mean, you appreciate when stuff comes a little easier, but there's not as much reward to it, is there? But you know what I say, don't knock it till you tried it. Um, by the way, just kind of a side note here, uh, fun fact. Um, you know how my last episode I said 
don't ever feed chickens again? Well, this week so far, I mean, fingers crossed, we took the chicken feeder away all week because it was this beautiful week. We, I don't know how the weather is where you are, but we went from snow clear up to your tits. And I'm not talking about low hanger tits. I'm not talking about, you know, nice perky tits. Uh, snow clear up to your tits, uh, down to no snow whatsoever because it decided to get 90 degrees three days in a row. So it went straight from winter, blowing snowflakes up your ass, to totally hotter than hell outside. And it's absolutely hilarious. I mean, to me anyway. I, I think it's pretty hilarious. Um, but yeah, you know, I mean, you don't always, you don't always know what's coming. And it's kind of a blessing to us, but uh, these chickens have been wonderful. We got rid of 23 chickens and we kept some pets, some two-year-olds, and some chickens that are almost a year old. And we gave away the same thing, just kind of half and half, straight up the middle. So, you know, we got the chickens that are very meaningful to us and have been living here forever. And those chickens are definitely staying, but uh, we, we also gave up some chickens that we knew we liked and we knew that were laying eggs too because we, we gave them away to a good family that, uh, that, that needed some eggs, you know. And, and uh, so it, it's been a, it's been kind of one of those weeks where it's a-okay. We got our chickens in the barn now. They're no longer in the chicken yard. We actually have chickens in the barn, so it's easier to take care of them, right? And last episode, I was talking about not feeding them anymore. We did exactly that. We, 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 we quit feeding them and let them go out in the yard because the weather's nice. We let them go out in the yard and pick up all the bugs and kernels and grass and leaves and everything else, you know, all the little things in the yard, clean it up around here and just eat that. And you know what? It's working perfectly. The only thing is I will tell you is today it's raining like a double-tented cow pissing on a flat rock. So, what we are doing is, is, is I did fill the feeder today so they don't have to go outside. Because the chicken's head is about an inch wide and it still knows enough to get out of the rain. Which is more than I can say for a lot of humans. You know what I mean? But, uh, yeah, so the chicken, the chickens are doing great. Uh, I haven't fed them before today, I haven't fed them in six days. And they're awesome. They're, they're doing great in the barn. They're in their new digs. Uh, they, they're, they're just running around, scratching up everything, getting what they want, taking their dust baths, totally loving their life. And we're really appreciative of, of having such a bounty that the, the, the uh, in the, cow manure and in the ground and in the hay and in the everything that we have the chickens are being sustained because we have half as many and we have all this land here and they're just picking up grabbing whatever they need 
underneath everything that has been covered in snow all winter. So it's a huge blessing to us, but uh, like I said, so far so good. And then the further summer goes, the better it gets. You know what I mean? Clear up until I'd say mid to end of September, you know, because grasshoppers really late in the year will will be out and early in the year you know i mean they're going to be digging through the flies and the nests and the caterpillars and this and that and the other thing you know they're just going to be getting natural good organic food and then we're all going to have the manure and then i um you know all the night crawlers and worms and everything else and and i will be stirring up the compost pile and they're going to get all of the food that they need and we're not gonna have to feed them unless it rains. And, and I don't make them go out in the rain. I'm actually going to, you know, feed them on those days. So we do still do have chicken feed on the back burner for right now, and we're still planning on feeding them on the days that it rains for right now. You know what I mean? Or days that they can't get out, you know? Um, but the chickens are happy. They're just so happy to be out. They're happy to be pasturing, grazing, looking for worms, you know, uh, kicking around in the mud puddles and, and everything else, you know. I mean, it's just been such a neat week with all these warm temperatures and the wind and everything drying up and the snow melting. Uh, the rivers are flooding right now, but, you know, I mean, that's, that's, that's all part of it, you know. Um, so we're starting to get back into the summer of things. And yes, my summer outfit, my white t-shirt, my shorts, and my Crocs, have been on for three days. It's cooled down a little bit now and it might snow tonight and tomorrow, but uh, that outfit definitely got busted out right away when it got warm uh, as soon as I got home. So it's been really good to us. Been really good to us. Welcome to the Poulter Homestead Podcast, everybody. I'm sure glad you're here. That's a hell of an introduction. Goddamn. I mean, how long was that? A uh, 10 minute introduction? <laughs> um. Today, the subject matter that I wanted to uh, discuss with you folks is what are you doing for a emergency water supply? Now, if you go back in my podcasts, we talk about emergency water supplies a little bit. Um, now, this is more of a, not necessarily a homesteader thing, but more of a prepper thing. And a lot of people are really starting to forget what 2020 looked like, you know. Um, and I think it's just as important as it has always been to make sure that you can survive in any kind of crisis. Whether it's minimal or totally fucking nuclear holocaust, okay? Um, and I'm not here to be a doomsdayer at all because I'm really positive and I have a really good outlook on life. I just wanted to talk to you about water because that is something that you need to live. Okay? Um, and an emergency water supply is exactly that. It is something that we as humans, uh, if, if you do not have this, it is something that, I mean, people during the pandemic, they sure knew what they needed. They knew they'd need water, didn't they? I mean, they panicked. And they went and bought every bottle of water in every store. 
and it was gone. It was out forever for a long, 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 long time. <laughs> you know, and, and it sucks. I mean, think about how insecure that is. You know, think about how much that sucks. You know, I mean, gosh, I don't know. Uh, I myself, I would rather um, have water than not have water. And you know, buying a bunch of bottled water in a store will only get you so far, okay? So you gotta think about an emergency water supply and an emergency water source. And that is what we have at our farm, okay? I have a well. Now, how a well works is they drill a well to a depth of really good sustainable uh, water that's not gonna run out. That's how they do it in Minnesota. And they put a casing down there. And they put a, once you get that casing down there, they put a pump down there. Once they put the pump down there, they bring the pipes up and into the house. Now, wells have what is called static pressure. What is the static? How many feet of static pressure do you have in your well? Now, what it is saying is how many feet below or above grade is your water at? Now around here, the water table's kind of high. It's not really high, but it's kind of high. So the water table here is eight feet below grade. Okay, so I have eight feet of static pressure. That is where it sits in my well. Now when I was out, of, I had a lake place which actually had an artesian well. And an artesian well means that your water is above grade. The static pressure of your well is above grade, which makes it an artesian well. Now, it had negative a foot and a half of static pressure, which means if you took the cap of the well off, it squirted up to a one and a half feet above grade. Okay, at that well, at that exact location. So you had to have a well cap on it. You had to have a hell of a well cap on it. You know, so it wouldn't squirt out of the ground. And then um, it, would, it would squirt up into the house and all this, that, and the other thing too. So, you know, it's just something to think about, you know, when you go to get water for yourself. Because how, how much water do you have to pump or push? Now, they have, if you've ever watched like a Western or an old school show, like, for instance, I'll say Little House on the Prairie. That's one I watched when I was a little boy. And they had a well pump. It had a big, big faucet on it and a great big pump that you'd pump by hand. You can actually go to a park around here and they have one at Swan Lake Park and little kids run it all the time. But you pump the water out by hand and it comes above grade. Good clean drinking water for horses, people, um, you know, just good clean water. Or if you want it good and clean, you can boil it for 10 minutes and then you're good to go. Um, that is a way to get water. Now, the way those pumps work is <clears throat> you can't suck the water up. 
you have to push it. So by pushing the water, you can get it from a much greater depth. Okay. Um, my, I have a well pump here that works with my well. It is called, now write this down if you need it. If you live out in the country and you have a well, and you have a basement, or if you have a well house or anything like that, you can buy one of these if you have less than 25 feet of static pressure at your well. Okay? So mine is called the Excelsior E2 hand pump. It's actually a very versatile pump. It's a marine pump. And if the electricity goes out, I actually pump water into my well bladder, because every well has a bladder. And the well bladder will distribute the water into the house until it is low again. It's like a big balloon that you're pushing against. Because your valve, your pump, not your valve, your pump in the bottom of your well is a one-way pump. And it's got a check valve on it. It will never reverse. It can only go forward. And that is why the water stays running in your house and why the bladder stays full so it only has to pump once in a while. You pump like hell till the bladder's full, boom, it turns it off, and then you get your water. My Excelsior E2 hand pump will pump my well up to 28 pounds. Now that doesn't sound like a lot, and I get it, but in an emergency water situation, I have water in every faucet in the house, and I have water out in the barn at the hydrant. And it's coming out of my well, and in the winter, it's frost-free, okay, because it's in my basement and I have a wood stove, right? So that is the perfect scenario for me. We can take showers, we can use the toilet, we can, um, we, we can get drinking water out of every faucet, we can wash dishes by hand, we can do all these things if our power goes out and our well doesn't work, or if our well pump goes out, and we need to use it for a few days and we don't, we're not on the list to get done for a few days, we can use that. Or if, you know, a lot of things happen. But, you know, it gives you a huge amount of security having the ability to give yourself water. Some people in basements have, like, the total Charles Ingalls Wilder frickin' pump like you saw on those old westerns or Little House in the Prairie where they pump on it. You can actually put those in your basement too um, if you do it right. There's a way that that works. You can also put those on your um, wellhead casing out in the yard if you have that. Um, those of you that live in town, you know you're kind of at the mercy of a water main and a water tower. Um, but there's also a possible way that you might be able to drill a well in a city or town environment. Um, and the water table might be really high where you are. Then you might be able to get something that way. You know what I mean? Just with a very shallow sand point pump. You know what I mean? You can just pound a sand point in. It's a really neat way of doing it. So, um, talking about our emergency water supply you know it's something you should think about I mean I'm not gonna tell you what to do but uh, you know my suggestion is 
you know, always have that backup plan, you know. I mean, people think food is, is, is what makes you sustainable. Well, actually, it's, it's, water is pretty important, you know. I mean, it, it keeps you, stuff like this, just spending, a, you know, a thousand bucks right now, you know, like I did on the uh, total setup for my Excelsior E2 hand pump, spending a thousand bucks, you know, is a really big piece of mine and a good piece of family security. So, you know, it's definitely something to look into, something to think about. There's many different ways you can do this. Um, and a lot of them are do-it-yourself. You know what I mean? If you're handy whatsoever, you can, you can do the Excelsior E2 hand pump. My buddy did his own, and he's not a plumber or nothing, you know. Um, just a handy dude. Uh, I did mine. Um, I actually had a plumber install mine, but you know what? I had to totally redo what they did because they thought they knew more than I did. Um, and I gave them videos and everything else. So, um, something to look into. And uh, they have plenty of YouTube videos about the particular pump that I have or other well pumps for that matter. Um, the biggest thing is, is knowing the depth of the water at your place. And that will base what kind of pump you need to get for your emergency water supply. So, oh, fucking A. Anyway, I suppose I gotta do some tiling today and I better get something done with my wife here. But uh, if you wanna connect, Ziggy underscore 519 at yahoo.com. Very happy about people connecting with me lately. I'm just excited, you know, to hear from you guys, everybody emailing and uh, stuff like that. Uh, you can also go on our website, uh, Valonia Farm. And it should be on Google. I'll show you where we live. Uh, it'll also uh, give you our, our phone numbers and our, um, you know, realmilk.com. Just kind of search around there, see what, what we're selling, what we're doing, what we're up to. Um, real neat website, I guess. My wife works very hard on that. And she's, she's very talented. Um, God bless her. But uh, anyway, I suppose I better get going. And uh, yeah, don't knock it till you tried it. You know, there's just some ideas out there that you think are totally bonkers, but you know what? Marty, I tell ya. I mean, if it weren't for visionaries and people that break through and totally try new things, you know, a lot of the stuff we know now and a lot of the stuff we learned would have never existed. So don't be afraid to try something new and just try your own thing every now and then. You know, it can work. It's, it's not always a failure. So, anyway, thank you for tuning in today and God bless you. Better get rocking. Anyway, have a good one.